pipe, oh, and it's yeah. blocked, and it, it is up. going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go, to practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill, to Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold, Steve Geller, along with Jeff Nowak in a post- season edition without any black and gold involvement but there's still other things to talk about uh we'll get into the divisional round and what happened there a few things in the coaching well in the coaching front on offensive coordinator at least and then uh i know we've got some audio of a conversation we have with scott shanley and we'll get into some of jeff's needs for this team coming up for next season and i don't know i kind of joke with you and said i was like man there's a lot and you're like i'm eh, not really a lot yeah i, I kind of look at it as there's there's a lot of things you can do but when i say positions of need i mean like you need to address this right now like this is not an option it's not you're looking at him like well we could let it ride like no 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 you need Must. to fix it and there's only a couple you. positions that i look at like that um and then there are a handful of other positions that you know i would you know, for example, like tight end. I don't think anyone's going to look at tight end and say like, oh, if they don't get another tight end, they're, they're in serious trouble. But I really would love to right, be one of these teams right. in the playoffs that has these star tight ends. And we're going to talk about the divisional round here for a second. And, uh, you know, that's a major theme is like, look at all these great tight ends and all these teams that are still playing football with all these. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we, we talked to Scott Shanley uh, on WWE Radio on Friday. So I kind of trimmed that down so we can play that here. He had some interesting things today about the coach to say about the coaching search, you know, where where this team is, where he sees it. Obviously, you know, he was a former linebacker, so he has some insight there. Um, but yeah, this first segment, I want to get into the latest on the coaching search, the offensive coordinator search. There have been a couple hires that are worth noting, um, you know, and and we'll get into that. But first of all, the, the divisional round, you know, what the 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 lions are kind of fascinating to me and that lions bucks matchup was particularly interesting because you know saints played the lions saints played the bucks that was a close game kind of got away from the bucks at the end there uh we saw todd bulls do something that was very un todd bulls like and i think it's all i i, I think he and T, D, dennis allen are very similar uh where they make decisions that don't, you know, sometimes they do stuff, sometimes they don't. And it does seem to be like they get caught up in the moment. Like, I don't think like the Bucks did the thing that the Packers did to the Saints in this game where they were down 14 going, you know, in the final couple of minutes and they scored a touchdown and they went for two. And it's something like very, there's something just very untaught bulls like about that decision. And I thought it was interesting because it's like, you know, Dan Campbell would do that 10 times out of 10. <laughs> and it did seem like Todd Bowles was trying to out Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell in that moment. Dan Gamble, if you will. <laughs> but, you know, it didn't didn't end up mattering. They missed that two-point conversion. But I do appreciate that, like, people have now come to terms with the fact that, like, the math does, the math does support that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Lions won, the Ravens won, the 49ers won, and the Chiefs won, which... You know, only one higher seeded team actually lost uh, in that round. 
and it was the team with Matt, Pat Mahomes on it. So it's not exactly a stunner, but you know, I think there's some, some, there's some themes with these teams, right? <laughs> you have a quarterback, <laughs> you know, that you trust a veteran quarterback in most cases, right? Like, like in, in all cases really, but you know, you have, you have running games, uh, you know, you, you have defenses that can cover. Um, and you know, the, the X factor to me was always going to be Lamar Jackson, whether he could get to a Super Bowl healthy because Lamar Jackson in the playoffs is a different player. And I still have, they're still my pick. I think the Ravens are going to win it all. Definitely look, you know, super impressive. And, you know, Lamar got that whole stigma around him over and done with, with, you know, being the postseason kind of deal. And I just think obviously it, he's got a much better team around him too right now, helping him out offensively. But you, you mentioned too a little bit about tight ends. And I'm just thinking about back to the uh, Bucks and Lions game. Kate Otten and Laporta, like two two young guys, uh, you know, getting it really really important uh, pieces in the in those playoff games, and you know, we kind of, I still feel like the Saints have that kind of piece in a guy like Jawan Johnson, and then for whatever reason, I don't know what if that injury just hampered him more in the beginning of the year or not. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it in the in the last segment. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, it's not even you know look at Dalton Kincaid and and Travis Kelsey, right? <laughs> right. There's you another know, one. You look at the Ravens and like Isaiah Likely is catching a touchdown, but that's a team that that is yeah. playing without Mark Andrews, right? Like Mark Andrews is a mass. Mark Andrews missed half the season, and he's still out. Like had better numbers and catches, receptions, and touchdowns than Javon Johnson, right? You know, it's. It's a theme. It's not a. It's not a one-off. Like all of these teams, even like like the Packers with with Luke Musgrave, he was a second-round pick. Like he's a high-end pick. You know, like he's going up against George Kittle. So it's it's only you know it's only the Saints that seem to think, at least in terms of successful teams in the NFL, right? Even Dalton Schultz, like the the Texans got a lot out of Dalton Schultz this year. It's just sure. like the Saints are the team that seems to be trying to go cheap at tight end. And all of these other teams are are kind of finding premium assets at tight end, and it's working out for them. Um, and wasn't it's it nice when the Saints were the team that had the tight end you couldn't cover? You know, I think that's part of the reason everyone was excited that Jimmy Graham was coming back because it reminded them right. of that era when the Saints had tight ends that impacted games. And right now, they're the team that doesn't have a tight end, a tight end impacting games. Right. It's a little frustrating, obviously, when this year's draft class, this last one, was so stocked oh, with many. So many, right? And you, you didn't get any. Like, I want Brock Bowers, man. I, I If he drops to 14 and they don't pick Brock Bowers, I'm going to throw a rock through a window <laughs> somewhere. Um, but, all right, let's, you know, one of the one of the things that is interesting and we'll, we'll kind of tie into the coaching search here is after the divisional round, you can start to interview coaches on playoff teams. And for, you know, for four of the playoff teams that they lost, so there's no interference whatsoever. And then the other four teams, you know, this is the part of the year where you're like, this is kind of annoying. You're you're going into your biggest game of the year, and suddenly your assistant coaches start getting pestered by other teams. Seems weird. To, like I don't understand. Is it really like I get it because you're by the time the Super Bowl comes around, you're looking at it and saying, well, the Senior Bowl's right around the corner. You know, the combines right around the corner. All these pro days are coming up. But can't you wait until the NFC Championships are over? These four teams are going into their biggest games of the season. Now, you have a week off between the NFC Championship, the AFC Championship, and the Super Bowl. So why can't that happen? Like, why can't the four teams 
Like you sh- like the NFL shouldn't should just say, "Hey, leave those four teams alone." <laughs> Bother them next week, <laughs> right? They got a little bit other, you know, other stuff on their mind at the just moment. Just a little? Just a little bit? Like it just seems so odd to me that and like the coaches don't really have a choice because if they don't take these interviews now, then who's to say these these teams don't move on in their search? If like Joe Brady's getting head coaching, and I guess he's not a good example because they lost, but you know it, it's it's just kind of strange. Um, but either way, that does open. And, you know, I think this was the week. One of the reasons I wasn't really that annoyed at the Saints taking their time was because you couldn't. You know, twenty five percent of the NFL's coaches were not eligible to be interviewed until this week. <laughs> so. You know, that's kind of your deadline of like, we need to be well into this search and ready to go. Um, Like someone was complaining to me a couple weeks ago that, oh, someone's going to get hired prior to the Saints having a chance at them. Right. And I was like, I don't think that's going to happen. And so Shane Waldron, you know, and that's where we can go first. Shane Waldron, who the Saints have requested to interview. And as far as I know, they did interview um, as is expected to be hired as the Bears as their offense coordinator. And someone replied to an old thread. It's like this as if they were like, oh, this is what I was saying was going to happen. Except the Saints. But like the Saints did interview him. It's not like they didn't interview. Like you can't prevent people from taking different situations. And I think when you look at it, it's kind of funny because one of the reasons that I thought Shane Waldron made a lot of sense for the saints is because Dennis Allen's situation is kind of tenuous, right? You don't, I don't know what this is going to look like 12 months from now, but there's a lot riding on this season. And I want someone who can hit the ground running. You know, what other team is in a very similar situation regard as in regard to their head coach at the very least is the bears. And, uh, and Matt Eberflus, right? So it makes sense that they would also be looking at Shane Waldron. And if you, when you look at the Saints situation compared to the Bears situation, it's not hard to understand why one is a little bit more attractive than the other, because one, you have the number one overall pick, so you could potentially go get Caleb Williams and go from there, or you could stick with Justin Fields if Justin Fields is a guy that you really like, and you're Shane Waldron. And you're like, yeah, now I have the number one pick that we can trade. And then all these other picks I can build from the ground up here. Whereas in New Orleans, it's a bit, you know, like, like I think the Bears situation was always going to be tough. If like, if, if he had offers from the Saints and the Bears, I, I'm not surprised that he picked the Bears. Either way, Shane Waldron's off the table and he was, he was probably at the top of my list personally in terms of the names that we know about. So that's, but that's really the only name um, in terms of offensive coordinators that's been hired. So you kind of start from there and move. And then a new name popped up on the Saints list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texans quarterback coach Gerard Johnson. You know, it, Gerard, Gerard's interesting. And a lot of these guys are interesting because, you know, when you when you try to, you know, from our perspective, right, we don't know the conversations that are going on behind closed doors, and, you know, on airline drive. But it's kind of easy to see themes of like the Shanahan and McVay coaching trees and, and who you're targeting. There, there seems to be a lot of connections there. But it is funny because Gerard Johnson's connection to the Mike Shanahan coaching tree is Bobby Slowick. Like Mike, like there's at what point are the degrees of separation too much where this is not a leaf that fell off that tree. It's just a new plant Uh, because like this is a Bobby Slowick guy. It's not a Mike Shanahan guy, but Bobby Slowick was a Mike Shanahan guy. And that's why Bobby Slowick is getting head coach interviews. Uh, And it is an interesting scenario because I think the Texans, if Bobby Slowick gets hired as a head coach, which seems likely, 
the Texans would probably want to promote Gerard, Gerard Johnson. Am I saying his name? Yeah, Gerard Johnson. I keep mixing up with Jones. Gerard Johnson to their offensive coordinator, but the timing of that could get complicated because, you know, as we talked about, you know, they don't know whether Bobby, it's not like they're going to hire, elevate Gerard Johnson because they think Bobby's going to get the job because what happens when he doesn't? And then it, it's very awkward. So Gerard is in this situation where he could take an OC job, but then what happens when the Texans now need an offensive coordinator? It's really kind of confusing. And it does like throw a wrench into the timeline. But yeah, Gerard Johnson is the only real new name we know about that that they've requested to interview. Little but Texas A&M handle. connection there. Hmm? Little Texas A&M connection there for DA. Yes, there are a couple of Texas A&M uh, names that I think are interesting. But yeah, he went to Texas A&M. Uh, I don't know if he ever coached at Texas A&M. He did not. But he, he played for several teams in the NFL. I'm going to go, and, and then several teams that are not in the NFL. I'm just going to go down this list because I think it's funny. Starting in 2011, he was with the Hartford Colonials, then the Philadelphia Eagles, then the Arizona Rattlers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Sacramento Mountain Lions. We're only up till 2012. This is a year. Uh, Seattle Seahawks in 2013, Chicago Bears from 2013 to 2014, then the Montreal Alouettes. We're through 2014 now. It's been three years. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens in 2016. So he was out of football in 2015. Then he was with the Ravens in 2016. Then the Cowboys also in 2016. And then his most recent as a player was the YCF grit. I don't even know where that is in 2018. Let's see. Your call football was an interactive competition in which participants called plays in real time for a series of live exhibition American football games with players, some of whom have played in the NFL and CFL. Yeah, it lasted one year. <laughs> and did not go I'll anywhere. make it. Uh, this, the positive spin I'll put on all that is the man loves so football so much he's willing to do anything to play, no he's matter where. Right, he's a lifer. I'll give you that much. But yeah, he he spent 22 as the assistant quarterbacks coach in Minnesota. So that's another kind of connection because Kevin O'Connell um, fell off the. Uh, I always forget. Is it the McVeigh McV- or Shanahan tree? Um, let's see, Kevin O'Connell. He came off of the yeah McVeigh. So he was with the Rams. He was their offensive coordinator in 2020, 2021. So you kind of you kind of double up there, right? Maybe that's maybe you know you're not on one tree or the other, you know, <laughs> but you get a little bit of both because you get Bobby Slowick, who is from the Shanahan tree, and you get Kevin O'Connell, who is from the McVeigh tree, and then they kind of all coalesce. So that's you know if if the Saints are looking at it, and that's kind of the question is, do you want to go? with a, a more established offensive coordinator who has done it before, has called plays, has maybe maybe didn't succeed in their first role and learned from their mistakes? Uh, or do you want to go with the young guy who is kind of a more of a wild card? And I'm kind of of two minds about it, but personally, with a lot of the headwinds you're going to be flying into, I kind of like someone who's done this before. Um, so that's where you are. But yeah, the other guy's... Dan Pitcher, we talked about in the last episode, and Zach Robinson, um, you know, again, McVeigh guys. So, yeah, like you mentioned, that's how I feel with Johnson, too. It's like, okay, yeah, nice young up and comer. I see the vision there, but the fact that he's never done it before kind of a little bit of a turnoff, and maybe you need to get more experience. Like you said, if he can elevate in Houston. Uh, to an OC there to get to get some reps, <laughs> I guess you would say. But I don't I don't want the Saints to be 
his first offensive coordinator coordinating gig. I mean, I think it it really just depends on how how much he kind of blows you away in the interview process, right? Like if he shows up and and just we were, you just kind of leave like wow, you know, right? This is but, what Derek Carr and this offense needs. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying like if I had my pick, it would be someone who's been there. The one the guy I'm kind of surprised they haven't lined up for an interview is Greg Olson, the Seahawks quarterbacks coach, because obviously he's available. Um, he's been an offensive coordinator before. He is a McVay guy, and he's also worked with Derek Carr before. So, like, it seems it seems odd to me they're not interviewing him. Maybe it didn't go well with Carr. Maybe that's why, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe they asked Derek about Greg, and he was like, yeah, yeah no, right, this, is exactly. not, this is not the commentator, Greg Olson. This is a coach. Um, but there's a few others. You know, the only guy from the Lions that seems interesting is Tanner Engstrand. He's their pass game coordinator now. Um, he's obviously not a McVay guy, not a not a Shanahan guy, so you'll have to see. But I also think that the Lions are going to be the next team that starts to get plucked away from. Because man, yeah, because- I, I, you got to say like Goff, not not never been a huge fan of his, but he looks really damn impressive this season. And obviously in the in this, that postseason matchup against the Bucks, he was de- like just throwing dimes. It was it was an amazing to see. And I was like, this is Jared Goff. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he's a number one overall pick, so it's not like you're you turned, you know, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> right, just nothing. he's been to a Super Bowl, right? He played, he was DC, he was good with the Rams, he wasn't great with the Rams, uh, but no, I think like that's you know Ben Johnson, he's the one of the hottest names in the head coaching cycle because of what he's done for Jared Goff. Shane Waldron was one of the first pl- guys to get hired as an offensive coordinator because not necessarily because the Seahawks were incredible on offense, but because he was able to take Geno Smith and turn him into a starting quarterback or pro bowl caliber quarterback. Right. So that helps. And I think anyone associated with the lions passing game right now is going to be a name you look at. Um, And it's also because of a culture thing. Like Dan, Dan Campbell has built the type of culture in Detroit that you want pieces of. And so, you know, I think that's why it's difficult to maintain uh, success over long periods of time, because when you're good for a long period, your coaches start getting plucked away. Um, so I think Tanner Engstrand is an interesting one. He's a guy, for example, that you wouldn't have heard previously in terms of Saints requesting to interview them because you can't interview coaches in the playoffs prior to the divisional round. I'm not, he hasn't been requested yet. I'm just saying that's a name that I wouldn't be surprised if they take a look at. Um, the other guy I'm really interested in, and it's going to be a question of what the Bills do, is Joe Brady. Um, Joe Brady is their interim offensive coordinator. And I think in order to prevent him from being interviewed, the Bills would have to announce that he is their full-time offensive coordinator. They would have to they would have to make that official. Um, but I, I'm not entirely sure how that works. I'm not entirely sure if they have to do that first or if they get some some time because I don't he has been interviewed in the head coaching cycle. I think he was with the Falcons. He got an interview. Um, but, you know, if he if the if the Bills decide, no, we're going to go a different direction with offensive coordinator, he's not going to stay on that staff. He's going to get hired either as a as, as an offensive coordinator somewhere. There's way too open it, too many openings. And I think the Saints should take a long look at him if they can. I mean, this is a guy who did struggle with the Panthers. You know, he was the offensive coordinator um, with Matt Rule. It didn't go well. 
but I don't see that as disqualifying. I just think the Panthers suck. Like I think the Panthers have failed at so many different things. And I think what you saw with the bills this year was, was interesting. He's obviously got familiarity with the saints. You would call him a, a Sean Payton. He would, you would call him a member of the Sean Payton tree. Um, and so if he is available to be interviewed, and again, I would expect the Bills to keep him and, and elevate him to the full-time offensive coordinator. But if he's available, I want them to take a long look at Joe Brady too. Yeah, it's kind of almost, you know, going back to, you say, with Joe Brady and his run with the, the stint with the Panthers, you kind of chalk it up with, well, you know, Derek, uh, Dennis Allen's run with the Raiders. It was such a dysfunctional kind of organization. Yes, it happened, and obviously it's a part of your quote-unquote permanent record, but I'm really not going to hold it against you at all. No, you have to prove that you learned from it. Sure, right. right. <laughs> if you do the same thing again, then uh, yeah, and and that's well, a lot of people are saying about Dennis Allen is just doing the same thing again. Except you know he never got to nine and eight with the Raiders. So just saying, you can look at it and say he has gotten better year over year. So I don't know, you know, and it's something that that's but that's why the the situation is tenuous. That's why a guy with some offensive coordinator experience walking into that building for the first time would make me feel a little better about it. That's not to say a new guy, a guy in his first year as an OC can't get it done. Um, but, you know, I think that if you were starting, that's why, you know, when you brought in Dennis Allen, I wouldn't have hated to see you pair him with a first-time offensive coordinator in year one. Right. In year three, it's a lot more difficult because you want to allow that guy, if you're hiring a first-time offensive coordinator, you can't expect him on day one to not have any kind of learning curve. Uh and in year one under a head coach, you can say like, it's okay. You know, you're going to get some stuff wrong. We're going to figure it out. We're going to get better over time. You can't really do that this year. And so I think that narrows down your pool of guys you could potentially bring in. Um, a few other names that I don't necessarily think they're going to look at, but could, you know, David Girardi is the Kansas City quarterbacks coach. I don't think you're going to look at guys like Brunel or Gracie. Um, I think you're if you're going to hire someone, you're going to hire someone who's going to kind of make over things and, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is interesting. He was in the he was kind of in the conversation for the Bears uh, offense coordinator job. They obviously are going to go with Waldron, but he's an interesting name. He played here, right? He uh, this this he was a backup quarterback for the Saints way back when. Uh, there are some pictures, um, and then you got other guys like Kellen Moore, Eric Bieniemy, guys that have done it multiple times. If you're just trying to if, if you're if your plan is if some of these other hires fall through. And you're like, yeah, but we can we can pair Dennis Allen with an experienced offensive coordinator who you know has some skins on the wall, as Bobby would say, who you trust to be able to command a room. You know, those are guys who I could see kind of uh, working their way into the conversation later. Uh, but right now, we only have those four names, which, as we mentioned, Shane Waldron uh, is expected to be hired by the Bears, and then Dan Pitcher, Gerard Johnson, Zach Robinson. Yeah. Uh- we we heard from Mickey Loomis obviously too saying that they're in they're in no rush to do this. It's going to be a pretty I don't want to say long process, but a methodical, thought out, really well researched one. I I just think uh, yeah, the Saints won't be done uh, till the divisional round uh, to to this championship weekend is even done. There's there's going to be names on these teams uh, that are involved right now that they're interested in, obviously. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I think this is the week that it starts heating up significantly in terms of you're getting a much closer, you're, you're getting a much clearer picture of like who are the finalists, right? 
And then maybe next week when you get into the the break between the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, you'd like to see them make a hire. I, I think you want, you know, the Saints view the Senior Bowl as such an important scouting event. I think You're that's right. probably where I would look at and say this is where you, you would want to have someone hired by then. Um, just so you can have an idea of what your offense is going to look like, what maybe what positions maybe that you need to make some changes at. Like if your blocking schemes are going to change, do you need to look at, you know, offensive linemen who can do different things or, you know, you, you get the idea, right? Like tight ends. Um, if you're really considering a quarterback at 14, you know, a guy like Michael Penix is there. Uh, so that's someone you probably take a long look at, but you know, uh, Bo Nix is also, also there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, that like the bears hire again, the bears hire hiring Shane Waldron is early in that process, obviously. And that's kind of the situation that like the saints weren't going to rush. So like, and that's, this is where Mickey is, right? Like the saints weren't going to be like, Oh, the bears are going to hire Shane Waldron. We need to rush and, and get out ahead of them so we can hire this guy. No. So they're going to take their time. They're going to make sure that they, they interview everybody. And um, I don't think, you know, like, again, you're talking about the team with the number one pick in the draft and with multiple first round picks. Uh, it's like you could, you're you trying to compete with a team that can say, you want Caleb Williams? We can go get him. That's well, and, tough. <laughs> and, and obviously, I think for even, you know, obviously Dennis Allen, you look at him right now, he, he's got to make the right choice here because this could be his his last freaking rodeo as a head coach. Who knows if you get a another shot after oh, this? You don't. you don't. You don't. So it's like, There's I got to no, make this work. There is no third chance for Dennis Allen un, unless things, I mean, like, obviously, if things turn around this year and he goes, you know, 11, 12 wins and makes the playoffs. But, like, at that point, you wouldn't be getting fired. Right? Like, so there's no third chance. If, if this thing goes badly... Um, and like he gets fired. It's you're, you're a defensive coordinator for the rest of your career. This is your last chance to get a head coaching gig. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, like, as you, you mentioned there, it's like, he obviously would have to go back to being a DC first, but who the hell knows? Yeah. I, I would, I would think though, too, that, you know, you're going to be remembered for your failures with the Raiders and then the saints. People want to give Josh McDaniels a job. Supposedly, he might be the OC with Bill Belichick in Atlanta. Well, no, he could be an offensive coordinator. <laughs> sure. But no one's hiring Josh McDaniels. I mean, remember when Josh McDaniels got hired by the Colts and then just like never showed up? <laughs> yes. Like, there's, it's, it's wild. Like, people say like Dennis Allen, whatever, probably didn't deserve another head coaching job. And he, he it, it at least made sense why they went to him. Like, he was the internal candidate. Uh, that they knew him, they knew incredibly well and felt comfortable with. Whereas, like the Raiders just hired Josh McDaniels, which like he also did not deserve another head coaching job. And like the Colts, he literally just backed out on a job with the Colts, and the Raiders still hired him. I don't know why people keep hiring Josh McDaniels, but if he shows up with Bill Belichick, like yeah, Bill Belichick will probably just say, yeah, Josh, come coach my offense. Why the hell not? It's worked before. Um, it's worked so well that he's got multiple head coaching jobs because of it. Thank you, Tom. It, it, we should start calling it the Tom Brady coaching tree and not so much the Bill Belichick coaching tree. There you go. Now, you, now that's the the key right there for sure. That's become my new theme is talking shit about Bill Belichick. I don't know why. Because you realize we're going to have to be facing him twice a year. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it kind of doesn't look like that anymore. It kind of looks like the Falcons backed out of that in terms of their their high, they're interviewing everybody. Their, their net is wide and long. <laughs> I feel like every time I every, every every time I go into Twitter, it's a new it's a new head coach graphic. Which can we stop the graphics? Do we need a do I need a graphic that says we interviewed Bill Belichick for a second time? We've, like we've what? completed right. We've completed the second interview as head coach. Okay, cool. What a, you don't see the Saints doing that shit. I no, give I, I don't credit. like that's so strange to me. Like right. the Chargers do it too now. Is that like an NFL thing? Did the NFL say you have to? It's like it's like teams wanted to make it very clear that they were complying with the Rooney rule, but they knew they could not only tweet out a, a thing that said we've interviewed <laughs> Eric Bieniemy or whoever, and so they they now have to do it for everybody uh, because yeah. of that. Um. It's just strange because like I don't remember this being a thing before, but now it's like there's someone in the in the graphics department in the social media department who's like full time job is like, oh, we interviewed this guy. Make me a graphic. So strange. No, and you would think like some things you would keep want to keep on the low and you having a second interview with someone. I don't think you'd want to broadcast to everyone. I I don't know. Yeah. You don't have to tell anybody. Right. It's are you doing it for the attention? I, I don't know. BMI, too much information. <laughs> it's a strange. I don't, I don't. I don't know. It's annoying to me. Um, but it does seem thirsty when you're like, "We interview this guy again." Are you guys cool about that? Yeah. Like, we just completed our second interview. Okay. And it sucked. <laughs> Tell us how it went. That's what I want. If you're going to tweet about it, give us your feedback on how the interview went. Then, then we could talk. It was a successful interview. We, that, that, they completed, we completed our second interview. interview with Bill Belichick, and he showed up in flip flops <laughs> and a twenty-eight to three shirt. We did it over Zoom, and he did not put pants on. That's yeah, I've seen that too. It's like, oh, so and so. I don't know which team it was. Honestly, had a Zoom interview for their job. And I think I'm not sure if it was head coach. I think it was OC. But still, that seems to me way too impersonal. It's like, I'm not getting this job if I'm just doing it over a freaking Zoom call. No, I mean, I think I think that's how a lot of the early interviews go. Like, that's what, like, so I think... The, the little you know, feel the router kind of deal? Huh? Yeah, well, I mean, especially if this team is still coaching, or this, if, like, for example, if you're interviewing someone this week and they're in the playoffs, you're not having an in-person interview with that, with, you know, whoever, right? Like, that's almost impossible. Uh, these These teams are so busy right now. They got a playoff. They got a they got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Playoffs. Anyway, yo, have you seen that new Jim Mora commercial with Kevin Hart? Plenty of times. Yes, it's it's what on hell? like a loop. Man, they really they really went for it with that one. I don't even think like Jim Mora knows what DraftKings is. Um, <laughs> and then Kevin Hart's like, "Who's calling these press conferences?" I'm like, "Well, DraftKings is." <laughs> yeah, DraftKings. Uh, oh, what, one more thing. Ryan Nielsen sounds like he's getting hired by the Jaguars. Yeah, um, out from the ATL after one year. Yeah, poor guy. I, you know, and so the Jaguars can can now expect to not get any turnovers. Is that it? Seems to be the theme with Ryan. I like Ryan, but his I don't know. But now Caden Ellis turnovers. and David Onyemata are like, what the hell? We came over here for Nielsen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. They'll probably end up in Jacksonville pretty soon. Right. Let's wrap up that segment. We're going to come back, uh, play you the interview we did with Scott uh, Scott Scott Shanley. 
Scott Shanley on Friday. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had some interesting things to, to talk about. You know, he does a lot of the pregame, postgame stuff for the Saints. You know, I, I appreciate that Scott is hanging around because I think he's a good a good NFL mind to to kind of chat with. Uh, he, he and Lance Moore. I think, you know, between he and Lance Moore, one of those, one of those guys is like, you know, should be on TV uh, calling games. You know what I mean? It seems like they both have the... The presence, the, the knowledge. The if you will. No, I hear what you're saying. And I know Lance does do stuff for local TV. It's amazing. He does analysis. He has- I want to see him as a color commentator, but I guess that's a, you know, Deuce does that. He, he, he used to do that for the SEC network, but it's such a, it's so, it's so time consuming that I know it's, it was a burden. Um, but yeah, anyway, we're, we're going to, we'll come back. We're, you'll hear from Scott. And then in the final segment, we will hit you with our positions of need break down as promised. This is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Follow him at Steve Geller WWL. You can follow the show at Saints underscore pod. If you haven't subscribed, do that. Please leave a rating, leave a review. Hit us up on YouTube at WWL Sports. Ring the bell and we will be right back. 